0: Love Talk Radio.
1: All right, well, good afternoon everybody. This is Kim from Black Freethinkers and we are coming to you on a Friday afternoon. How about that? And so today we're gonna to have a conversation with Frank Chapman and Armanda Shackelford regarding the Gerald Reed case and you know this is definitely a miscarriage of justice, and the way that he's being treated in this system is just absolutely cruel. And, and considering he shouldn't be incarcerated in the first place, and what's happening is this case is now being pushed back to the forefront of the news cycle. However, is not getting the coverage that it needs, but it's being pushed back to the forefront because. Um, Gerald is basically hospitalized in pain, not receiving the treatment that he needs. Again, he was an innocent man. And appeals are being made to Kim Fox, as well as Governor Rauner, regarding this case here. And so I asked Frank and Armanda to come on the show so that we could talk about um, this case. And if they could just kind of give us a little history to it, I would appreciate it.
2: Well, I'm going to start off uh, with, that, with some of that little history, but I really want uh, Amanda Shackelford, who's the mother of Gerald Reed, to uh, to speak. So I'm just going to give a little introduction here. On uh, October the 3rd, 1990, Gerald Reed was uh, arrested and, and questioned regarding the murder uh, two days earlier of uh, Willie Williams. And Pamela Powers, he was questioned by Detective uh, Michael Keel and Victor Breska at Area Three Homicide. Members of the notorious Midnight Crew of uh, the Torturer, uh, John Burge, who has been sent to uh, who was sent to prison for uh, lying about torture. Uh, the police, they beat, they beat, they beat, they beat Gerald and kicked him repeatedly and broke a metal rod that was in his right thigh, along with the uh, surgical screws that held it in place, causing him excruciating pain. Uh, as a result of all of this pain and suffering, uh, he confessed to a crime that he did not commit. And uh, his mother, Amanda Shackelford, has been working us for working with us for a number of years, and uh, Over two decades, she's been uh, fighting to get her son free because he has been uh, in prison for something that he did not do. So, Amanda, uh, I turn it over to you.
0: Uh, Good afternoon. Uh, My name is Armanda Shackelford. I'm the mother of Gerald Reed. Uh, Gerald Reed was tortured, as Frank stated, and to sign in a confession for two crimes that he did not commit. Um, one of the detectives did the physical torture, and the other one did the mental torture. Um, on the first night of his arrest, uh, he said two officers came and got him and uh, put him in a car. And he thought they were taking him to another station. But instead, what they did, after they got so far, they pulled him to an alley. And they told him to get out of the car. They took his handcuffs off. And they told him to run. And he said he knew if he had ran, they was going to kill him. So he got back in the car and sat down. One of the officers put a gun to his head and told him, when you get back to the station, sign that confession. So he didn't argue with it. When he got back to the station, he refused to sign the papers. But these tactics that they did, they always did them late at night where they didn't have any outside witnesses because the police, they stuck together. They had a code of silence between themselves. And anything that was inappropriate, they didn't talk about it and they didn't discuss it. They didn't report it. So... The second night of his arrest, this is when the physical torture really did happen. They put him in a room. They handcuffed him to a chair. Detectives Vraska kept kicking the chair, and the chair fell over. When it fell over, Gerald's head hit detective was foot, and this made him angry. So he just started kicking Gerald on that right leg. He kicked him so bad on that right leg and his hip that it messed it up. Um, in the meantime, I wasn't notified, even though Gerald was home at the time. I was not notified that he had been arrested. But um, they brought him in for questioning regarding those two murders. And he said the next thing he knew, he was charged with the murders.
1: Wow, that is horrible. And how long, I mean, he was arrested in 1990. And you told us about how they kicked him and they broke the rod and the screws. And what has been happening? Um, I know at one point they allowed him to have the first surgery, and there's a second surgery that's needed. And I believe he's been hospitalized since January. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes,
0: they did the first part of his surgery, the day before Thanksgiving of last year. At that time, he had been in prison for 27 years. So it took him 27 years to make the decision to do part of his surgery. It did the part from above the knee to his hip. The area in the knee part, they have not done it. The surgeon has had a heart attack, and I called out there Monday to the clinic, but they said they didn't know anything regarding Dr. Raven. The doctor's name is Stephen Raven, and he's at the Aurora Medical Center in Aurora, Illinois. No, Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh. No, the, the name of the clinic is. Oh, how would it be? That's
2: okay. Oh, I I'll I okay. think of it. Uh, yes, ma'am.
0: But since he on the day of the surgery, they didn't keep him overnight. They sent him straight back to St. Leo. But um, it was something done that shouldn't have done. Shouldn't have happened, and um, the name of the clinic, Dryer.
2: Dreyer Medical Center.
0: Dryer Medical Center. Um, I, I don't want to say what they did wrong, but they know they made a mistake at Stateville Prison. That's why they're keeping him in the hospital there. So he's been
1: there 10 months now in the hospital. Yes, ma'am. And, um, you know, with this case getting a little bit more attention now, um, have you all made any appeals to Kim Fox, Bruce Rauner? What have they said? What are in the
2: works? Well, uh, Amanda has met with Kim Fox. We have, we yeah, have, uh-huh. we have along, with, along with about 20 other uh, families who have uh, sons in prison as a result of torture. And uh, she has uh, made a commitment that whenever these cases come before her, that uh, she, would not, uh, she would not retry them. Uh, and so far she has kept that commitment. Uh, the problem is, is that some of these cases are not coming before her. Because some of these cases right. are being handled by special prosecutors
0: mm-hmm.
2: And I think Gerald Reed's case is one of those cases
0: Yes, yes.
2: Uh, So what we're doing in the alliance The alliance, uh, Chicago Alliance Against Race and Political Repression We're putting pressure on Kim Fox and the governor To give uh, Gerald Reed the relief he needs The governor could end all of this With the swish of a pen He could give this man a full pardon of innocence which we're asking for Gerald Reed and about 118 others. There's no reason in the world why these people should continue to be in prison when they're in there for something that they didn't do. They shouldn't have to go through no no protracted legal process because in this case, justice delayed is justice denied. So we're demanding that they all be given their freedom immediately.
1: Excellent. Excellent. And You know, this happened under John Burge. Um, Would you like to say a few things about John Burge and what's happening, what happened with him, as well as the partial reparations that have been awarded due to John Burge and the torture?
2: Well, uh, you know, the reparations were given to people who were, uh, quote, unquote, John Burge victims only. And, and and so, you know, that's a problem right there because a lot of these people that were working under John Burge, uh, uh, John Burge was in prison during the torture. So, you know, it's kind of like right. a technical thing there, you know. Uh, while, you know, we, we're not opposed to the reparations and whatnot, they really did not address this injustice. They gave the, the mayor an opportunity to uh, have a tearful moment and, 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 and talk about how he, uh, he was sorry about the tortures and to apologize to the families and so forth and so on. But it has done nothing for those over 118 people who are still in prison and who are still being tortured, exactly. as in the case of Gerald Reed. He's still being tortured. He's been tortured for 27 years, and it's still going on. So we need justice here, you know. And um, uh, we're not getting justice as a result of the reparations. Not not with the cases that we're talking
1: about. Exactly, exactly. And all those cases need to be, you know, they need to take another look and review them again. And like you said, set these people free because they were forced, coerced, into signing confessions of crimes they did not commit.
2: Um, And I remember that... They've they've already been reviewed. They were reviewed by the, um, uh, the, 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 the Illinois Torture Commission right they, they've right. already been reviewed right and 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 they and they've already and they and, and, and they've already sent somebody to jail for perjury for him, namely John Burge. and they've already uh, have, have 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 referred a number of these cases to the prosecutors to take action and that's what happened in Gerald Reed's case we had a bad prosecutor in there who was not doing what Kim Fox is uh-huh. doing we had a prosecutor in there by the name of Anita avarez who was who was continuing to press uh, to press for a retrial of these cases, you know. And so that's why they've been hang, hang, right. hanging 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 in the process for so long. Uh we need we need we need a pardon. We we need we need immediate yes. action on these cases because this has been going on for, for decades. Right. Uh-oh. Chicago
1: has a legacy of police torture. Go ahead, yes. Absolutely. Sir. Uh also can I
0: say something? regarding what Frank yes, was just saying. Ma'am. Uh, yes, ma'am. Gerald Lee, uh his case is in court now, and his next court date is the 5th of October. But the thing that they have been doing, they have been continuing his case for five years. And each time we go, they come up with something else new, that they're trying to find out about. Now they're saying they need um, his medical report from Cermak Hospital, and the special prosecutor said that uh, the, the 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 medical record was lost, and then they said they found it, but then they found out that they had the wrong birth and the wrong first name. The first name of the person that they had was a lady's name. So you don't know the difference in a wow. woman's name and a man's name? But, see, every time the special prosecutor brings that case to court, he makes money. And as long as he keeps that case in court, he's going to keep on making money. So it's not fair to keep a case continuing. When you're not doing anything, everything is still the same. And it's frustrating.
1: Yes, ma'am, it really is. And just to give the general public um, some information, the next court date is October 5th. It's going to take place at 10 a.m., at twenty sixth in California, room four oh four. So again that's October fifth, ten AM, twenty sixth in California, room four oh four, and we're asking people to show up and you know and, and support this family. Thank you. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, ma'am. And you know, I can hey, say if one, want to one, one thing to on, the that, public, on that, Kim. You can say what you want to say. Yes, sir.
2: <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's great.
1: <laughs>
0: uh,
2: <clears throat> well, we want people to show up. At, if they if they're showing up for the protest, we want them to show up at nine o'clock because we we need to have a big protest even before the hearing starts. So people who who want to protest, Excellent. be there at nine and then we're going to protest and then we'll start sending people into the courthouse at 9:30. Excellent,
1: excellent, excellent. So yeah, we wanted to make sure that I got out there and you know, at this point, yeah, we have to put pressure on these people, you know, to pardon these, you know, these these men and women that have been, you know, unjustly incarcerated. Um, My uncle was um, beaten by the Chicago police during the same time period, and they end up collapsing his lung. And my family never went after them. He passed about a year later. He passed away because the other lung collapsed. And so, you know, my family is very familiar with John Burge and all of that that was taking place because I remember my brother, you know, he was you know, like 18, 19, 20 during that time. And it was a time when the police department, you know, Chicago Police Department, they were just pulling over black men just snatching up up and off the street. My mom was terrified. And people don't seem to understand what's been taking place in Chicago. I mean, it takes place in other places too, but What's been happening here is definitely, you know, been an injustice. And one of the things about Frank Chapman and what he's doing, they're trying to have a civilian oversight, you know, an elected civilian oversight of the police department, and yet the mayor, you know, will not, will not necessarily have a real conversation. With Frank and CPAC and Frank would you like to talk a little bit about that About CPAC and yeah, you know, well if we had CPAC in time. existence
2: at the time Sure I'm sorry to cut in on you Yeah I, I don't mind at all If we if CPAC would have been in existence At the time that Gerald was arrested Back mm-hmm. in 1990 He would not be in prison No. And neither would any of these other people Because
0: That's right. That's what CPAC
2: right. means Is community control of the police That means the people who live in the district Live in the district will have a voice in saying who polices their communities and how their communities are policed. So if black people had a voice like that in this situation, certainly we wouldn't be getting policed by racist cops. And secondly, we wouldn't be victimized with torture and and coercion, forcing us to make confessions to crimes that we did not commit just because of the color of our skin. So uh, this is a a remedy to this situation, and it is a remedy that the mayor and, and the city council and, and, and the superintendent of the police and the police board, all of these people are against this remedy because they want to have a bureaucratic remedy like they've been having for all of these years for over a century. And we don't want a bureaucratic remedy. We want a democratic one. A democratic one means that the people get a chance to vote on who they want representing them on the council, you know, and that way if they're not satisfied with that representation, they can change it. You know, we need community control in the police because the police are out of control.
1: Exactly, exactly. And they just instilled COPA here in Chicago. And can you give them an oversight or um, basically just a general oversight of what COPA is?
2: Sure. COPRA is the Civilian Office of Police Accountability. It almost sounds like CPAC, you know. Uh, and the reason why mm-hmm. the mayor is doing this is because he's playing a deceptive game. Uh, COPRA gives us absolutely no power over the police. And in fact, it maintains the status quo because City Hall and the mayor are still in control with COPRA. Uh, everybody on COPRA is appointed not elected. Now, the mayor also wants to invite in uh, community people to serve on some kind of a, a community re- review process. Uh, but none of this is, is what we want. You know, We want community control of the police. We don't want these piecemeal reforms. And we don't trust those people who created the problem to be able to solve it. Right, we're talking about a mayor who, who for 400 days suppressed the video murder, the videoed murder of Laquan McDonald by Jason Van Dyke. Now, why would we trust him to set up a democratic process or to set up a process that's fair to the people of this city? We don't trust him. He no. doesn't. Do, he doesn't. He hasn't earned our trust. He doesn't deserve our trust. No. In fact, he should be indicted along with Van Dyke. As being complicit in that murder, because to suppress evidence in a murder case, a first-degree murder case, last time I checked, that's a crime. And here's, yes. so here we got a criminal in the in the mayor's office telling us about what we should do for police reform. Unacceptable.
1: Exactly, exactly. And we were able to force a runoff during the last election. And we're going to have to work, you know, even harder this next time to get him out of office because many of the things that Rahm Emanuel has been, you know, implementing in Chicago, you know, again, very damaging and harmful to communities of color. And yeah. yet they're pushing a lot of people of color out of the city. They're disenfranchising them even more and this is one of the reasons why when I talk about certain subjects, I talk about state-sanctioned violence. Why? Because the politicians, the government-elected officials there, and some appointed ones, um, they are the ones to put these policies, these laws, and these ordinances in place. So they're complicit in all of this. And, you know, what's so unfortunate is you have a lot of people out here that are trying to lay these problems at the feet of communities of color when it's not their fault. They were forced into that situation. And what people need to understand, you know, I'll hear people say, well, they could have made better choices. But when you have two really horrible choices before you, you have to pick the least horrible one. You know, and sometimes, (laughs) you know, yeah, you know, and, and it destroys families, it destroys people, And, again, with a lot of what you're seeing in Chicago, you know, closing down, mass closings of schools, um, basically um, gentrification of the city, which is, again, state-sanctioned violence, what they're doing is deporting people of color out of their neighborhoods. And Mm -hmm. people get angry with me when I say that the inner city is nothing but a black and brown reservation. But that's Mm -hmm. exactly what it is. And so we you have to do
2: get more. No argument We're out
1: of gonna me. have to work. Say that again.
2: You're not gonna get no argument out of us on that. That's
1: <laughs> right. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt, <laughs> no doubt. And this is why we have to bring all of this to the forefront. We're gonna have to put more pressure on Bruce Rauner to pardon these people, and also Kim Fox to redirect the cases from that special prosecutor and and move those cases. Because he's not going to let those people go. And as Frank stated, you know, the longer he keeps these cases being litigated, he makes money. So at the end of the day, that's the only thing that matters to him.
2: Money and said this that.
1: is why, oh, yeah, okay, so I meant, so yeah. And the thing is, is that when I say that black, you know, black people and brown people, we've been commodified, that's exactly what I mean when I say that. We've become a commodity. So when you hear about these people being sent to jail, again, the school-to-prison pipeline, and even when you go back and read about the 13th Amendment, you know, um, slavery is still somewhat intact in this country, and they benefit from it. You know, these corporations make money from it, and some of these corporations are being publicly traded, and this is why we're encouraging People to go out and 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 force you know their portfolio managers or their schools or whomever to divest from these um, for profit prisons. Because many of them, they're making a lot of money on it, but the thing is that look at the lives that are being destroyed. So we could force them to divest from South Africa and the apartheid that was happening over there. We can force them to divest from the for-profit prisons because as long as those are in order and working – Um, We're never going to get this problem, you know, at least a little bit under control because there's too many people making money from it. And now that we have Jeff Sessions in office, You know, this is why I'm telling you all, you know, you you have people out here chasing Donald Trump's tweets, and you need to be watching what Jeff Sessions and all these other people are doing. But not only with the federal government, you know, a lot of the state legislators, a lot of the governors are Republican-controlled, and the policies and laws that are made in your city or your township or even your state that has more of a direct impact on you so you need to know what's happening there as well so we want you guys to get a little bit more politically engaged at least you know being able to understand what's happening around you and find groups like you know CPAC and others around the country that are fighting these injustices they need your help and even if you're not able to physically help for whatever reason, you know, you can post the information, maybe you can do a fundraiser, maybe, you know, give a donation. Every little bit helps, and we need to bring attention to all of these cases, not only in Illinois, but, you know, across the country. And, um, you know, we have a long way to go, but, you know, my, my heart goes out to Miss Shackelford here. Because that's a long time to have, you know, to be dealing with this type of situation and knowing that your baby is in pain. And 20-plus years to get him the first surgery, 27, I believe you said, that's horrible. That's absolutely horrible. And I'm sorry that you and your family went through that. Um, Um, Kim,
0: can I say something else, please?
1: Anything. Yes, ma'am. Um.
0: The sad part about this is, uh, it's not only my son. You know, I, I, he, my son has been in pain every day for 26 years. That's horrible. And, you know, it, yes, it it's is. men in there that have killed themselves. My son has seen mm-hmm. people that has been in the hospice and they have died right there. And it's not only black, it's Hispanics, it's poor white. These are the people that don't have any money to get the things done to help themselves. So they lash out on these type of people, and that's so unfair. It's just nerve-wracking. To know that that it's not only torture in the street, it's torture in prison. They yes. do that. They do the same thing there. They come into those guys' cells, tear their sales up, take their property, things that they have uh, uh, gotten their mother or father or whoever. They send them money the purchase items and they come in and and destroy them. And that's so unfair. Yes,
2: and then they is. they got
0: to worry about trying to get those things replaced. Even their food, their 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 papers. Uh my son, three days in a row, week before last, they kept coming in his in his cell taking his property, and on the last day they came in and they took all his legal papers, and he was in the process of writing a book. They took that also. And then when they was asked about it, they said, no, we didn't take it. But it was there before you came into the sale. And then after you left, it's gone.
1: Wow. I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm so sorry to hear that, you know, and that's just torture, you know, yeah. and those are the psychological and emotional games that they play, you know, in, in those situations because, again, what can these people who are incarcerated, what can they do really to defend themselves?
2: Because,
1: no. you know, Exactly. Exactly. And your son was in the middle of writing a book. And so, I mean, the whole thing is just horrible. And we need to bring more attention to it. We need to call them out. We need to um, make sure that, you know, justice is served. Because this whole situation, all of these things that have been taking place across this country, especially to, you know, men and women of color, because people need to understand that, black women and girls are being incarcerated at the same rate, if not more, as black boys and black men. You know, Mm -hmm. we need to bring attention to that as well. So, you know, again, you know, there are people that I I know, and we talked about their time, you know, incarcerated until, yeah, incarcerated, and the way that they explained it to me, they were like, it's like slavery. Yes. You know, and I'm not sure. Yes, ma'am. Did you watch the documentary by Ava DuVernay, 13? No. No, I didn't. Yeah, you you may want to see that. It's called 13. It's, It's about the 13th Amendment and how basically people that are in the judicial system incarcerated, basically they're back in slavery. And and you know I'm oversimplifying it, but you really need to see the documentary. And this is one of the reasons why I, you know, state that there needs to be some constitutional changes, and in some some you know some some of the amendments need to be <laughs> um, stricken. And it's just the way that this country has trapped you know, it's trapped people of color and and poor whites and you're correct because they deal with the same type of issues. And what's interesting yeah. with that is there were some young some people, some white people that were killed by the police, so again state sanctioned violence and they would have protests for these white people and there would be more black people than white people out there protesting for those white lives that were lost.
0: Mm-hmm. And so,
1: you know, the Yeah, I mean, I thought that was quite interesting. But, yeah, we need to bring more attention to these situations here. And so basically, you know, again, I want people to take down the date, October 5th, show up at 9 a.m. at 26 in California, room 404. It's Judge Gaynor, G-A-Y-N-O-R, and show up at 9. And they'll start sending people in about 9.30. And so, Ms. Shackelford, you know, any parting words, anything you want to say that you want everybody to know and to hear?
0: Um, I would like for people to know that it's not only Gerald Reed. It's a lot of men that's in prison that's wrongfully convicted. Some of them were tortured into signing. Confessions for crimes they did not commit These men need to be sent home Because they shouldn't have never been arrested And uh, I I would appreciate it if Kim Fox uh, Governor Rauner, the mayor All of them get together and release these men And it's some women that are in prison that are wrongfully convicted. They shouldn't be there. They need to be at home with their families. Some of their family members have died. And then if they die while you're in prison, you can't even go to the service. You can't attend the service. So they're being tortured in several ways, not only mentally, not only physically, but anything that could help them. They're being tortured that way also because they're not being able to get it done. And that's not fair. You've taken their lives away from them, away from their family. Now they don't have a life. Give them their lives back because they need them. They need their families.
1: Thank you so and their families much. need them.
0: It.
1: Any any time, you know, Miss Shackelford any time. And you know, I'm gonna put this out there, I'm gonna tweet it out and try to get more attention to it. And, you know, I had informed Frank that I was going to try to bring attention to, you know, several issues of what's happening out there. And that's what we're going to do. You know, we're going to get it out there. You know, we're going to show up and support you. And if there's anything you ever need, please feel free to reach out. Let us know, you know, contact Frank. You know, if you want to come back on the show, we'll, you know, we'll set another one up. But, you know, I do want you to know that you and your family are loved. You're being thought of. People are sending their prayers, their positive thoughts, and everything else. And if there's anything you need, please feel free to to reach out because that's what we're here for, and we have to support each other. So it's not only these people that need their families, their families need them as well. You know, and it's so unfair, and especially when you know that your child is being tortured and it's nothing you can do about it, you know. And with the advent of the Internet and the technology, we're able to get more and more of these stories out. But in the meantime, you know, these people are still being, you know, mistreated and mishandled. And there's, you know, there's nothing, you know, there's not enough money to give them their dignity back. There's not enough mm-hmm. money to give them those years back. You know, yeah. there's not enough money mm-hmm. out there, to, you know, to give them their humanity back because they're being treated like they're animals, and it's horrible. And, this, mm-hmm. you know, this government has allowed it. But I just want you to know that, you know, you have – you know, a number of us standing behind you and standing with you and when need be propping you up because it's okay, you know, because sometimes, you know, you need someone that's there. And, you know, you've cried a lot of tears. Maybe sometimes we'll cry for you and just want you to know that you are supported and loved.
0: God bless you and thank you so much, okay? Okay.
1: Yes ma'am, yes ma'am And thank you and Frank for coming on the show This is Kim of Black Free Thinkers And we are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself Not convert you Ms. Shackelford, big old hug through the phone here And thank you so much for honoring me by coming on the show, okay?
0: All right. thank you, okay?
1: Yes ma'am, you take care
0: And you have a good weekend
1: You too, ma'am. Take care, and good night, everybody. Good night.